This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com SBO. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Welcome to another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Pat Oswalt. I'm Meredith Salinger. We're so glad you guys joined us. Yeah, we're so happy you're here. Yeah. Uh, I sound a little not so great. Uh, I think I told you guys in the last episode that I had gotten COVID while I was, I think, in Sun Valley. That's the consensus of what I think happened. Um, but yeah, I have not really been doing very well. Well, she tested positive on July 5th. She tested negative a couple days ago, but we're still, you know, 14 days into whatever this recovery is, the breathing and all that craziness. Yeah, so I was in bed and a friend of mine is like, are you laying in bed? And I was like, yeah. She goes, don't lay down. Don't lay down. You're going to get a blood clot in your lungs. And I was like, oh, my God. She's like, it's going to give you pneumonia. I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm starting to stress out, and I talk to my mom, and of course she stresses me out even more. You've got to go to the doctor, blah, blah, blah. And uh, she said that on Thursday. Friday I was uh, not feeling well and did not go to the doctor, but Saturday comes around, and I'm like starting to get scared. Mm-hmm. So I'm And why didn't you go to the doctor freak- on Friday again? Because there were things happening, and I also wasn't feeling very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to go to urgent care Um, so I think it was day 11. I couldn't breathe. It was getting worse. And, um, when I got to urgent care, uh, there was a line of people ahead of me and a bunch of people in the waiting room and a guy came out and he goes, oh man, it's going to be a two hour wait. And I was like, okay, well, I still have to check in. I'm not well. So I finally got up to the front desk to check in and, um, I told them I was having some trouble breathing and they gave me that little thing to put on your finger. What's it called, honey? I forget the name of that thing. Uh, They clamp it onto your finger. Is it like an... It's like an oxygen meter or something. Checks your heart rate, your oxygen, something. Look, they clamp it on your finger and numbers pop up. And that's that's the, yeah. my extent of knowledge on it. Same. So I check in and they said to me, oh, have I been here before? And actually, you and I had been there for with Alice for some reason. Um, and they said, have you been there before? And they kind of looked at my file. And at the same time, they're giving me that little oxygen meter thing. Right. And um, And the lady looks at me and she goes, why don't you come on back? 
<laughs> like real casual, just like, yeah. why, don't, why don't you come on back? And I'm, and I'm looking around and there's 40 people in the waiting room and the dude's complaining it's a two hour wait. And I was like, they just looked at my file. Like, do they recognize me? Like, am I getting special treatment? Right, right. Like, does, is there a note that says I'm married to Patton Oswalt or something? Because yeah, I've been there before, but everybody's in the waiting room. And so I'm walking back and um, the nurse comes in and I was like, why did, why did you bring me back when there's like a two hour waiting line? And she said, well, your heart rate was a little high. We're just, we're just going to bring a doctor in here to give you an EKG. And then like three people came into the room. They hooked me up to this EKG. And then the doctor comes in and said, um, I think I need to take your blood. And so then they take my blood and then he comes back and he goes, why don't you come over here? And meanwhile, they're being super like, yeah, not a big deal kind of thing. And he's like, we're going to x-ray your lungs. So they did that. And I said, what, what's going on? And he said, well, your heart rate was 127. And I guess, and I'm like, well, what's it supposed to be? He's like, oh, between 60 and 100 at the most. And I was like, oh, shit. And so he's like, we're concerned that you might have a pulmonary embolism. Um, and I was like, what is that? He's like, it's a blood clot in your lungs. And, he, and then he goes, I'll be right back. I'm going to go check the blood thing. So as soon as he leaves, I'm Googling pulmonary embolism. And one of the symptoms of it is sudden death. And hey. I'm like freaking out. That's, I'm not really to cry. A, that's not really a symptom. That's more like a, a it's, final curtain call. <laughs> I don't know. Because you can't. A symptom. If, if sudden de- it, it, a symptom can't be sudden death in that you would then have something. If you don't survive a symptom, it's not a symptom. What are your symptoms? Yeah. Sudden death. Oh, yeah, sudden death. <laughs> what? What were, what were your symptoms? Yeah. So hang on. So anyway. you're dead right now? Yeah. I got that. The symptoms of this thing are skin rash and sudden death. My skin's great, but I did have the sudden death. So I'm I hoping I can maybe get some aspirin. What do you think? So I wait for like an hour before he comes back in. And meanwhile, I am freaking out. And, um, and then after like waiting there for an hour, he says, well, everything checked out okay. Like everything seems to look normal. The only thing I could do is like send you to the, an emergency room to get a CT scan to see if you have a pulmonary embolism. But everything else looks normal. Maybe your heart rate was super high because you were nervous, but everything looks good. Um, but I, of course, I'm still having lots of trouble breathing. And so he prescribed me two inhalers. Um, and then I'm going home and I, I'm freaking out and I, I actually can't get a clear breath. I'm like terrified. It just feels like um, there's saran wrap around my lungs and over my brain and I can't really think straight um and anyway so I'm I'm freaking out and it was a day of freaking out and then the next day I kind of woke up and I'm starting to calm down I still have a cough but I kind of was able to take a clear breath in the morning yesterday um and I feel like I'm not gonna die and I'm no longer testing positive for COVID but um I'm still sort of recovering and having a hard time. But if you saw my face right now, you'd think I look really sick. My eyes are like, I've got dark circles. And um, anyway, that's my story, folks. <laughs> I think I'm going to get better, but that was my but story. But have you had a CT scan? Since I told you you should get a CT scan. No. Well, shouldn't you go do that? Um, yeah, probably. I'm just saying it's a big red flag to me. If I go to urgent care and they go, well... 
everything seems to check we out, but there's this one thing that doesn't make sense to us. When, I, when I'm at a doctor <laughs> and they go, hey, we really can't figure this one thing out. Maybe go somewhere else where they can't. That's kind of the first thing I do. I don't kind of go, I don't shrug my shoulders along with them and go, well, back to my <laughs> life. Like maybe immediately go get the thing. When the medical professionals are like, I mean, we have no idea. You're like, oh, well, then I'm going to go talk to someone else. Well, he looked at the blood test and he said um, we would see something in the blood if if there was a pulmonary embolism. Um, so he seemed like there wasn't. I, but I'm yeah, sorry. The response, of, the response of everything <laughs> seems to be okay, but we can't figure out why this is at 127. So we're just going to send you home because we've hit a wall. Well, I'd like to know what's behind the wall that you're hitting and go talk to those people. So long story short, my doctor, who I haven't really called in two years because I haven't been sick, I call and um, she's no longer working in the office. So she's no longer a doctor there. So now I need to find a general doctor. And did you know that it's like impossible to find a doctor? Because there's like... No, it's not. All this... There's well, doctors everywhere. Because a, right. But a lot of people aren't taking new patients. And then there's this thing called concierge doctors where you're like... You pay a huge fee, and then like you, they'll see you. And I'm thinking, shouldn't your doctor see you anyway? And anyway, why long are story you trying short, to I got names? Of I would not be doing any kind of bargaining uh, shopping <laughs> once I've come from the urgent care, and they're like, uh, it "Baffles us." At that point, I'm like, I'm spending any. I would call all my friends and go. I would call every single one of my friends and go. Tell your doctor I want to see him, and whoever calls me back first, like a radio contest, that's who I go see. Well, guess what, Kathy? <clears throat> what? I called. I called all my friends, yeah. and I called all their doctors. I left seven messages for doctors, yeah. and I'm like, "Hi, I hope you're taking new patients. I'm not really doing well. Da da da. I've been referred. This is my thing. Could you call me back?" And anyway, one doctor called me back, and, and I, did you go and then see we him? Spoke. Well, I said, "Can I come in today or this week?" Oh, the first available appointment we have, and I was thinking she'd be like tomorrow. Is August fourth. So okay, your dad's a dentist. He doesn't know any doctors. Everybody knows doctors. Again, <clears throat> nobody is 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 available. I don't know. So I would have gone. I, this this would not be a thing that I would la di da. I'd be. I'm not la di da. Well, there is this. I mean, well, they couldn't do anything, so I called some friends, and they didn't really call me back. And <laughs> this guy will see me on August fourth. I mean, he just wants to wait. Uh, for the he wants to wait for this new Lord of the Rings series to get going so you can watch the episodes, <laughs> and then it'll seem like no, you should be fucking. I would be doing shit right now. Well, I started to feel a little better yesterday, so I thought like, oh, maybe I'm crazy and maybe I'm overreacting and maybe I'm getting better and I should just relax. My feelings and opinions about this will go out the window once urgent care doctors went. I don't know. Then I'd be like, hey. They didn't really say, I don't know. They were more like, it looks like everything looks good, is what it they It looks like. Again, the phrasing is a little ominous, but okay. Anyway, that's my story, folks. Yay! And that's why I have, yeah, I'm not 100%. My brain is not working. And then <clears throat> during this whole time, I got three offers. One offer is for a movie that doesn't start filming until... Uh, September, October. So that's fine. That's so you should have cognitive function back by then. You're thinking I'm hoping. And then one 
the girl was, I was like, when do you start filming? And she said, August 8th. And I'm like, and this was when my, I still had that saran wrap brain where I couldn't really think straight. And I was like, I can't even think straight. There's no way I can do this. Like, I just can't do it. Oh, stop it. it. Say yes. You could totally do it. By August 8th, you'll be fine. Anyway, I couldn't think straight to even have the conversation. Is the offer already gone? No. Well, go do it. Don't worry about it. We're talking to our, our well, guests. What's We're the, telling them what's happening. We don't have any guests. My we po- have listeners. There's people sitting here listening. I meant listeners. Not, yeah. We're chatting with everyone. We don't have to have this no, conversation. No, no, no. I'm just telling They can overhear our conversation. Right now, think of us. We're in a we're in a restaurant. We're having this crazy conversation. And someone. And somebody's sitting next, in the booth well, next door Well, someone's maybe on a bad us. date. And they're like, oh, I can't listen to this guy talk anymore. And then like, I'm just going to focus on these, this couple over here. She apparently <laughs> is kind of wishy-washy about getting a follow-up on her crazy diagnosis and then also doesn't know if she's going to have enough brain function to do a couple days on an indie <laughs> film. Like, there's a whole thing going on here. Baby, what? that's the story. That's what's happening in my life right But hang now. on. How are you? What's well, wait, going wait, wait, wait. You? you said you got three offers. What was the third offer? Uh, this Thursday, it's just um, a friend of mine has a pilot and they're doing the table read and she, I mean, that's not an offer necessarily. Oh. It's a, uh, it's, she wants me to do the table read for the new, for the show. Oh. I mean, they haven't cast it yet, and she's like, you're perfect for it, so if you did the table read, blah, 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 blah. Oh, nice. So that wasn't officially an offer, but these two other movies were offers. So long story short, that's my story. How are you, Patton Oswalt? I'm doing quite well. I mean, I'm still, I still have some coughing and stuff, but for the most part, I'm fine. I have to go down to San Diego Comic-Con this week. First live Comic-Con in three years. I'm so jealous. I really want to go with you, but I just don't think I'll well, be well I'm gonna. It's going to be a very, very limited Comic-Con for me because I'm just hosting a couple of panels, and then when I'm not hosting the panels... Well, tell everybody well, what first, you're hosting. Before, Maybe they'll be we, at Comic-Con. Well, by the time they hear this, Comic-Con will have come and gone by the time this episode comes out. Um, oh, I suppose that's but true. But also, I, you know, the things that I like to do at Comic-Con, which is I like to walk the floor. I like... To go to Artist I Alley do too. I and love it. you know get sketches and stuff like that, and that's out the window. I'm not doing any of that this year. It feels like right now we're in the weird breather between whatever new COVID variant there is, and then there's this monkeypox stuff that's that's now coming, and that, that is apparently, and then there's another thing called Marburg syndrome, which now is popping up. What the so, heck? Exactly. The, basically, the air is full of death, and I'm just <laughs> and I'm gonna. And while all of this death and destruction is going on, I will be uh, doing a panel about Severance and talking to the cast Amazing. of Severance. And then I'll be doing a panel. That's John Turturro. And, well, they're hoping and, to. They don't know if John Turturro can make it ben yet. But he's Stiller. A, he's a big if. But hopefully he'll make Walken, it. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken will not Adam be Scott. there. Oh, the panel okay. will be Ben Stiller, Adam Scott, Patricia Arquette, uh, Britt. Oh, she's the Britt best. Britt Lauer. Um, oh, God. Who's the African-American actor who plays... Um, he's the greatest on the show. Oh, he steals so it, good. man. Anyway. I don't know his name, but he's And then so also good. the show's creator, so I'll be doing that. And the next day, I'm hosting the um, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, massive prequel <laughs> thing in Hall H. Hall H is like the stadium. I've done... God, I've, I've hosted so many things in Hall H. It's been... I did the a Stranger Things there. I hosted uh, a, a talk with Tim Burton... I, so it, that's where, like, the big-ticket nerd stuff happens. Yeah, and if they're going to have a big-ticket nerd thing, you're definitely the person you, that you go to to host that yeah, panel. Just, yeah, try to keep it fun. And then um, 
And what's weird is I was I like there's a teaser out about Lord of the Rings, and they're gonna premiere the trailer, which that's what they always say that they're gonna premiere the full trailer. And I'm asking, can you maybe send me the trailer so I could like Stranger Things sent me the new trailer before they premiered it so I could watch it and get a feel for it. And they're like, no, you like you yeah. can watch it on the stage. And then oh, I go, okay, I get you know. Um, these are all new characters. I have no idea who they are. This is all like, I think it's like hundreds of years before Lord of the Rings. You need to call Stephen Colbert. He might have an idea of <laughs> well, no, of who this these random even, characters are. He knows everything about Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah, but he knows the Silmarillion. Thing. This isn't even the Silmarillion. This is a whole other. This is the. Uh, this is like the Better Call Sauron of um, Lord of the Rings, where it's like a prequel. <laughs> And so there we go. Well, it'll be fun for you to see it there. And oh, and then you're doing one more thing. Well, okay. Tell everybody about Thursday, that. Thursday, I do Severance. Friday, I do Lord of the Rings. Saturday, uh, I'm on. I'm not hosting it, thank God. I'm just on the panel for The Sandman. Um, also in Hall H. From Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. Everyone's going to be there. Gwendolyn Christie, David Thewlis. Um, they'll all we'll all be on the panel together. David Thewlis. Oh. One of my favorite actors. And, um, What's interesting about the Sandman is that was the very f- first gift you ever gave we me. We have talked about this on the show. When we first yes. met, yeah, and you gave me the comic of the Sandman. And what did you think when you read it? Well, I needed you to read yeah. it to me because I've it was I've a told gift everybody of love, already. and you didn't read. <laughs> no, you read some of it. Remember at the beginning, you were kind of reading it to me. Yeah. Well, I have since shown. Um, I've watched all 10 episodes. Um, I, I showed Meredith episode six, The Sound of Her Wings, which is one of the best um, issues of the comic, which is Death, is Dream spending a day with his big sister, Death, as she goes around on her rounds and explains it's so why well life done. is worth living and really, it's really beautiful. It is so beautiful. That show is going to be such a huge hit, The Sandman, and... Um, it's just beautifully shot, and I'm so happy you're in it. And I know you're such a huge fan of Neil Gaiman in general, but that particular comic is really important to you, and it's so cool. Like that must feel amazing to be able to be in a project that you've loved forever. That's like me getting to be on a Muppet movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would be. It is. I mean, that was a thing that when it came first came out, I was in college. That's when the first issues came out, and then I. And then I just bought, I I remember distinctly buying issue one just because of the cover that I saw on the stands and went, oh, that looks cool. And then was immediately hooked. Like I couldn't believe how brilliant it was. And then I just um was, you know, deeper and deeper into it. And then in 1992, when one of the first trade paperbacks came out, I stood in line at Comics Experience on Divisadero in San Francisco to get it signed by Neil Gaiman. And then years later, I'm the I'm Matthew the Raven, who is like a major character in the. It's very, it just feels like oh, that's one of those times when things kind of worked out. I'm kind of I should be happy about this, you know. So and you are, but then I have to leave Comic Con late Saturday night to come back, and the reason I'm coming back is what we will be talking about in our next segment. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging 
so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com SBO. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Most of you listening right now are probably multitasking. Yep, while you're listening to me talk, you're probably also driving, cleaning, exercising, or maybe even grocery shopping. But if you're not in some kind of moving vehicle, there's something else you can be doing right now. Getting an auto quote from Progressive Insurance. It's easy, and you could save money by doing it right from your phone. Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Discounts for having multiple vehicles on your policy, being a homeowner, and more. So just like your favorite podcast, Progressive will be with you 24-7, 365 days a year, so you're protected no matter what. Multitask right now. Quote your car insurance at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. back um Patton, tell me about what you were gonna say well this leads into my next general thing um that i think a lot of people are dealing with this summer i have to um come back from the san diego comic-con late saturday night july 23rd because early on the morning of sunday the 24th i gotta fly to savannah I'm shooting a tv show down there i don't shoot till the 26th but they need me there a day early and the reason is is because a lot of people's flights back and forth, get canceled, get delayed. So they want that extra day buffer because flights are just getting canceled. Crews have quit um, that didn't want to mask. And then at, while they quit, they either got COVID and died or got COVID oh, and couldn't come back. And so they're, they're, there's all kinds of staff cuts. Now, because of the crazy climate change, runways are melting Airports are being shut down. Runways are melting. Yeah, sections of the runways are melting, especially in the southwest, where there's a massive heat wave also in the southwest. Sometimes the air is so hot that the planes can't create enough lift to get off the ground, so they have to cancel flights. Yeah, it's basically, you know, the world is really is beginning to collapse around us. It really is like, oh, this is what it looks like in the disaster movie when society begins to shut down because nothing's working. Yeah. Um, but at the same and time, and 157 Republicans just voted against gay marriage and same-sex and a interracial marriage. Well, I mean, Meredith, if we could stop gay marriage, it does lower the temperature five degrees, and that's oh that is because it's too hot because they're too sexy. Exactly, that gay marriage is <laughs> so friggin' hot; it's heating up the atmosphere. If we could shut the gay marriage down, we could cool oh, the Patton. earth. And and I, this is the hill I'm going to die on, Meredith. We've got to stop these hot gays from having <laughs> these salty, sultry, sexy marriages because it's it's eating up the atmosphere. <laughs> but basically, so what's going on is everybody for that me was at a least, joke. Don't start writing in. Why do you? How, do, do you? Did you honestly think anyone listening to this podcast is no, going to go? Everyone knows. That I was. was a joke. I swear to God, we were. I love this podcast, and out of nowhere. Patton was like really against gay marriage. Did do you did you think anyone believed that? Absolutely not. I knew everyone thought it was joking, but you know some troll out there is listening I, and then like, let them. Oh my god, I so want a troll to make a clip of that. Absolutely post that. Post well, me no. 
please, please don't. post please me don't saying, even. please, please, don't. please post me saying, I, here's what I want them to post. I want them to Pat, clip please. me. Say, You're going to get a hailstorm. Okay, go ahead. My God, you you don't get humor. All right, listen. No, I, want, I get it. No, I you 100%. don't. Because if you did, you wouldn't go, by the way, that was a joke. That wasn't serious. No, 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 no. I'm speaking to the trolls that are going to eventually do it, but don't like and call what I'm it saying in. is, what I'm saying is I want a troll to make a clip and I want him to post it of me saying, I mm-hmm. think that the hotness of gay marriage, that this pure sexiness is what's it's causing global warming. Causing global warming. <laughs> and I want them to go, do you see what even Patton agrees with us? Like I absolutely I want them posting that stuff. That's hilarious. So what I was getting to was, what I was trying to get to was I'm still making plans like booking this uh plane ticket to go shoot this TV show. And the TV show is still shooting. And then later that week, you're going to fly to New York and hopefully meet our daughter Alice, who will fly from Chicago and meet you in New York. And you guys will go to see a theater show. And then you're going to join some friends um, for a little vacation. And it feels like this is the part of the movie where the part of the end of the world apocalypse movie where the apocalypse is really picking up steam, but the people living are doing that weird, I just want to have a few more days of normal life before this all goes to shit. So, like, in that book, um, Station Eleven, yes, the world is dying because of a pandemic, but right up until the last second, people are still trying to go to the theater, they're still trying to have dates and trivia nights at pubs, because they want they're holding, they're white-knuckling normalcy as long as they can. And that's what it feels like for me right now. That, again, runways are melting, but I'm like, I'll just leave a day early. So I'll be there in time to shoot this TV show. Not like, hey, why is a runway melting? Like, like that shouldn't be the solution to this. Crazy, man. I don't know. Is it really the runways that are melting or is it the tires that hit the runway? Sections of the runway are melting. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Yeah. So, again, that kind of, um, that would be a, hey, we need to stop everything and fix this right now. But instead, our solution is, well, let's get, we'll buy Alice an extra plane ticket in case her flight gets canceled because of the end of the world. And we'll get her on another plane. And then hopefully she'll get there in time that you guys can still go see this theater show. And I will leave a day early to go shoot this. Uh, TV show down in Savannah, even though the reason I'm adding the day early is because planes are falling out of the sky. Oh my goodness gracious. Like, do you know what I'm saying there? Dude, I know what you're saying. Like, like I feel like up until the up until the last second that the Nazis took over Vienna or Berlin, there were still people trying to say, well, let's let's just go to the theater tonight. It probably it probably still a couple of weeks off. We got these tickets. I don't want them to go to waste. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but it's also, you know, that's a a very pessimistic way to look at it. But yes, I understand what you're saying 100%. Like, I get it. But speaking of pessimism and optimism, last week we talked about the fact that I went to a rodeo and I was so sad that the little cows were getting um, roped and then, like, flipped, and it was heartbreaking and everything. But there's a new thing that just made me happy. So that was sad. And now the happy thing is, I'm sure some of you um, are on Twitter and you've been following along. Um, but I was watching these TikToks. There's a girl that has been posting TikToks of herself at her farm, and she is on a, um, a little farm in South Florida that provides quality miniature cattle. 
And it's, it's called Knuckle Bump Farms. Knuckle Bump Farms. And this girl is so adorable. And her whole goal is to teach people about farm animals and loving animals. And she's named all of her animals. And she's got these cute little cows. And they're just adorable. She, like, cuddles them like they're puppies. And I'm sure some of you have heard her do all these hilarious things. But she has an emu. Is that an emu, baby? That's an emu. That is absolutely an emu that she's got. And so she's been posting video of herself with her emu, and he keeps um, interrupting the videos she's doing by pecking at her phone. And she's always like, Ezekiel, don't you do it. Don't you do it, Ezekiel. And then she just posted one. She goes, Ezekiel Todd Lopez, stop, (laughs) you know, stop what you're doing. And it's hilarious, and she's taking the internet by storm. Well, Um, she's also, she she was running this little... She calls it a hobby farm, which I'm sure people in farming know what that term means. I mean, I'm sure it means like a small yield farm. Um, the drummer, Mike Mills from REM, left REM because he wanted to run a small farm instead. That that was his joy. And this is clearly her joy. And she describes herself on her Instagram account as a Jesus-loving lesbian who runs this little um, farm she... and wants to... Yeah, it's on her Instagram. Oh. And, um, and she runs this farm and wants to provide, as you said... Um, uh, small size cattle, and also educate kids um, about um, a Jesus-loving, mildly funny lesbian from Knucklebump Farms and uh, Taylor Blake. And um, she is awesome and really, really funny. And she's been posting these videos. And I guess the people that have been following the videos on TikTok put together a compilation of all the times this emu, Emmanuel, who I guess whatever he sees... Wait, is it Ezekiel? Emmanuel. Emmanuel? Yeah. Did I say Ezekiel? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's Emmanuel. Emmanuel Todd Lopez. Emmanuel Todd Lopez. So Emmanuel, um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm assuming when he sees the camera on the tripod, thinks it's another emu and wants dominance and wants to like peck it and push it down. Um, so th- someone collected all these videos where she's, this is our black swan or this is our miniature cat. And then no, no, Emmanuel, don't Emmanuel, don't do it because he'll come on screen <laughs> and start pecking at the camera. And the compilation that, that someone put together, it, it is literally, she goes to the arc of parenting, the, the, the three stages of parenting, which is you're, you're so angry at the don't do it, but you're also, she's, she's trying not to laugh because she's clearly delighted by him, you know? And then. There's the day where he just catches her on a bad day and she's not amused at all. She goes, every time, man, no, just don't choose violence today. Get, like, she's not amused. And you have those days right. as a parent. And then and the then third one got... is that, you know what, just do it. Go ahead. See how, see how Fine, you feel. do it. How do you feel now? Go ahead. And then he knocks it over and she's. <laughs> I hope you feel good. <laughs> oh, my. She goes, was it everything you wanted? Like, you just, sometimes you have to let them. And I remember it was tough with Alice. I'm like, okay, Alice, go ahead and do it. See what happens. You know, like you have to let them go do it, and and, and then but well, again, she clearly loves this bird because there's other pictures of her. They're like lounging together, and the bird's like, oh my gosh, that was the sweetest and, thing. She Emmanuel is laying down this huge emu, and she's and then she he kind of like puts his head oh. in her lap, and she's like caressing his little head, like it's the sweetest thing. Yeah. And I love that she's getting notoriety now because she's been trying to teach people about the environment and about animals. And um, and finally, <laughs> Emmanuel, <laughs> who's such a naughty little emu, uh-huh. he suddenly made her himself famous, but also her. And so I hope that um, 
her mission of <laughs> informing everyone and educating people is what she wants because well, she is so charming and adorable. Yes. I love her. She's really natural on camera too. She's not trying to be cutesy cutesy, but she's also not yeah. trying to be like rough. She's just like, this is how you deal with animals. And sometimes you got to do, and every parent watching the Emmanuel video were like, exactly. That is exactly what you go through as a parent. So, um, and also the farm looks gorgeous. So hopefully the farm you know, looks beautiful. Yeah. She'll There's just a pond get to, and, it's, I mean, what a life. She gets to be with all these beautiful little cows. And I'm telling you, this, she warmed my heart. After mm -hmm. having seen what I saw with at the rodeo that really upset me, this, like, just warmed oh. my heart. Like, she loves them so much, like, they're little children to her. And she snuggles them. And it's exactly how I would be with animals. And I oh, just. Oh, so she, like, she undid the bad vibes of the rodeo for you. She totally did. Oh, that's so sweet. And. Um, the the one the one thing and other people have been I mean everyone's been commenting on it I mean I retweeted the thing and got like two hundred thousand likes just for retweeting it and the, the original video has like millions but when Emmanuel finally knocks the camera down and they're both looking down like looking at it <laughs> the angle shooting up there were people going I know DPs who who couldn't nail this shot because it's uh, like the camera knocks down and then they perfectly frame themselves it's an emu. And and this woman and they're just perfectly. It's such a beautiful composition. It looks like an album cover. Well, then someone made it into a. a it looks like a classic '90s hip hop album cover where they're both like kind of standing there, like, "Yeah, it's right, man." It looks like a Cypress Hill cover. That's so funny. So good for her, um, and I and she's she said something earlier. She tweeted. Now here's what my guess is, and I don't want to jinx her by saying this, but she tweeted this earlier. My life is about to drastically change, and all I can think about is the fact that I might be able to finally afford health insurance in America. Oh. It's the little things. And so I think someone is talking to her about doing a reality show or something. Oh, my God. I mean, doesn't she that so feel like it, it, the way that she, you know? And then here's the um, the other thing, because um, I, guess, I, I guess she's getting a lot of um, positive but maybe unwanted attention. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I am a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> she's beautiful i'm sure well, and, and she's gorgeous she's just yeah and she has the best attitude and personality oh and she's and she clearly is so um just genuinely great with these animals she just is attuned to them and talks to them normally she's like a she's an animal soother and the fact that she's running this farm with a lot of different species on it and there's the new video where she's trying to show off a cow and emmanuel comes and like sticks his beak up the cow's butt. She's like, Emmanuel, that is very improper. We're going to talk about, she goes, we're going to talk about boundaries off camera. Now go. And he like gets up and leaves. Like he absolutely just heard what she said. Okay, he I'm going to go wait over her. here. It is, it, it's hilarious. He totally understands her. All the animals. Yeah. But he yeah, really get, he gets, awesome. he gets framing. He gets, he knows how to do an exit and an exit for great comedic effect. I mean, he's a star. So is she. Yeah, she really is. I love it. Yeah, good for her. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Did You Get My Text? Um, you want to do some picks, some recommendations together? Yeah, let's do something. There's some good stuff out there right now. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? Tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really, really I had breakfast earlier this week with um, Robbie Pickering, 
who was the guy who created um, Gaslit, um, which I was in, in Gaslit. Uh, very, which hopefully you guys saw. Yeah, it was a great show, but didn't get any real Emmy nominations. And I think it's because not because Gaslit is brilliant. For those of you who don't know, Gaslit uh, stars Julia Roberts and Sean Penn, and it's about the um, Nixon uh, Watergate break in, and it sort of follows the the bad guys who yeah. who broke in. But yeah, Patton was in it and part of the Watergate scandal. But it was. Um, it was a brilliant show. It was so well written, and it didn't really get any Emmy love. It got love for the makeup, obviously, because the makeup was incredible. But I think it just goes to show you how much genuinely great stuff is on television right now. Um, and there are cast, there are shows that do get Emmy nominations, but the cast are so amazing that there are certain people in the cast who don't get Emmy nominations who should. Um, so you know, it just tells you, and and this, all of my recommendations are along those lines stuff that we are into right now. Um, The new season of Only Murders in the Building, which when we're done recording this, there's a new episode. Meredith, you're going to come down. We're going to watch it because I absolutely love this show. As goofy and funny as it is, it's got a very solid comedic sensibility. It is also a very, very tight mystery that plays fair, um, that really has worked the mystery out. And like all great mysteries... Um, it's really not about the mystery itself. It's about the people trying to solve it and why they're being pulled to trying to solve it because of the unresolved things in their life. And Martin Short and Steve Martin and Selena Gomez are all brilliant in it. Absolutely brilliant. I think we may have even set talk. This might have been a pick a few weeks ago. I don't care. This season's just getting better and better. So that one's amazing. We just started watching a show on HBO Max called Tokyo Vice. Uh, which Super is based, cool. Takes place in Japan. Uh, in the 1999-2000, um, based on the, the real-life adventures of a guy who um, passed this stringent exam to work. He was the first... An American, American guy who's in to Japan. ...to work at a yeah, massive... Worked the crime beat at a massive Tokyo newspaper, and he is getting pulled into a very twisty Yakuza plot... Um, and again, nothing is as it seems, which I love. Um, and it's and is Michael that with Mann. Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort is in it, and um, a bunch oh of amazing Japanese actors that we probably couldn't pronounce their names. Right? Yeah. Um, so so good, and it's Michael Mann who made um, Heat, and um, of course Miami Vice. Who, by the way, and I, I have I haven't had to start reading yet. He wrote a novel. He wrote a sequel to his movie Heat, but he published it as a novel because I guess that, you know, the the original, you know, Pacino's still around, but De Niro, of course, died and Val Kilmer is, isn't available. I think Val Kilmer dies too. But anyway, um, it's this, he did a whole sequel to Heat um, that I cannot wait to start reading because that's one of my favorite films from the 90s. Yeah. But we have been watching Tokyo Vice together, and it's been pretty fun because it's super action-packed, but it's also about journalism and what governments will allow you to say, and um, it's very interesting. Really love it. And then finally, I just started watching Nathan Fielder's new show, um, The Rehearsal. Only one episode is out. Oh, my God. Maybe one of the most brilliant, funny, and ultimately kind of touching and sweet things Nathan Fiedler uh, did that show, Nathan for You, which is one of my favorite oh, comedy I shows love of that all time. Guy. Well, then you will also I, I will rewatch this first episode of the rehearsal with you. You have no idea what it's what it's going to be about, 
And when you realize what it is, it'll blow you away. I love unique stories. You know what? Let's stop recording. Come down and we'll watch it. Okay. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening. And um, uh, we'll see you next week. Or rather, you'll hear us next week. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free and it helps us get to keep making the show. Starburns Audio. A podcast. A podcast network.